Welcome to the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Republic Graphics, Jackie Treehorn Productions, and Rico's Cheese. Now here are your hosts, Spicy Gumbo and Guatemalan Hysterectomies. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football League podcast. I am joined by my wonderful co-host, GH, Guatemalan Hysterectomies. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. Oh, it's been a it's been a couple weeks since we've had a podcast. You know, like when I did the last one, I guess it was maybe week thirteen or something like that. You know, the holidays, Thanksgiving was here, and managers were busy. So really, I only do about ten podcasts uh, a year. So I have to take a couple of weeks off. So I'm sorry to my listeners, I didn't get to preface that in my podcast a couple of weeks ago. That I'll be taking a few weeks off. But so now this will this is the official last episode of our season so listeners please i hope you enjoy it and my plan for this episode gh was just kind of helping or helping our listeners out going down the games listed that are playing maybe helping people with some fantasy relevance maybe maybe throw pepper in a few players that may be widely available on the waiver wire they can pick up each each one of these games um then um for our listeners you're in for a special treat this is a i had a listener um chime in asking why I never answer four questions. Mm. So <laughs> I asked my esteemed co-host to he's going to anchor the four questions today and I am going to be the participant. So you all will get that 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 fun <laughs> of me thinking that I'll be able to answer four to four, but in reality get over four. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Should be fun. But um so so let's let's just talk about fantasy football in general real quick, Jake. So unfortunately, um in our in our specific league listeners, um my wonderful co-host is not in the championship bracket in our 12, yeah, 12 yeah. team league. <laughs> he is in the consolation bracket. But um you know, it's his team had a had a great year. I mean they they didn't they, they didn't do terrible. I mean, the last week of the season, I think your team scored two hundred points, right, GH? Yeah, uh, had a good week last week, and uh, this doesn't matter to anybody but myself. But I actually, if we assigned the top six to the playoff by points instead of a record, um, I would have been in. But um, alas, we go by wins and losses, and those are what matter, and they've always mattered. And uh, I came up short this year, but hope to be back next year. Well, it's funny. I, I, I I'm always looking to evolve our league and i always listen to suggestions i read other people's rules and i actually ran across a friend's league they do a points league it's all done by points like so each week you get a win or loss depending how you do on points the top six point getters get wins the top the lower low lowest six point getters get losses and they do that every week so i don't i'm I'm not sure how i feel about that you know it's it's one of those things like i kind of like the uncertainty of playing wins and losses based on who you're playing that week very similar to a NFL team you're playing you know you're the NFL doesn't do that whoever scores no I agree I agree and and you know I I think one of the the big goals of our league should be to try to mirror the the league itself as much as we can minus you know I don't want any of us suffering any ACL injuries or anything but you know mirror mirror the league as much as we can with with trades and managing your team and uh you know, dropping people and picking up people and the waiver wires and the draft, et cetera. And, you know, nobody cares uh, what San Francisco 49ers point total is on the year. You know, they're exactly. their win-loss record, just like you said, and that's what matters. And I, I agree with you. I, I like the unpredictability of it. That You know, the truest way to find out who's got the best team is 
you know, tally up those points at the end of the season and, and look at it. But again, I think it adds so much more of a dynamic just going by wins and losses. Uh, because again, like you said, there's just a lot of a, a surprise factor that's added to every week. And, you know, uh, teams at the bottom can knock off teams at the top and, um, I think it adds a lot more intrigue to the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, stick a jab at one of our managers here in our league. So uh, one of our happy endings. He is one of our our, our founding members. And I love the guy so much, but he is like the uh, the Jacksonville of our league. He's the get get right week each week for some of our teams when I play him. Yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad for him. When I said that I was like, well, I'm sorry, man. You're in last place, and when teams play you, they typically win. So it's their get right week. So it's very like like you said, it mirrors the end. There are teams and leagues that are unfortunately just don't have a good season, you know, and they're the get right teams each week for the teams that maybe are, have lost a couple of games or kind of on the bubble to get into the playoffs. So, but um, happy endings knows I love them. He knows I don't mind poking jab at him. So <laughs> sorry yeah, about he's, that, a good guy. he's a good guy, but um, th- th- let's, let's, uh, let's jump into a few games here, GH and see if we can help out not only our league members listening, but people in general, I'm not going to go through every single game in week 15, sure. but I'll jump through a few of them. Let's start with the, Thursday night game. I think the Thursday night game is very relevant. It is the Chiefs and Chargers, and I don't. I don't really know. I mean, you obviously you start Patrick Holmes if you have Patrick Holmes, but like I don't think the Chiefs are as dominant as they have been in years past. And they had a great week this past week against um, the Raiders, but you know, people that have Travis Kelsey on their team or like, uh, do I start Travis Kelsey? Do I not start Travis Kelsey? You know, like he yeah. hasn't been the dominant tight end that he has been over the, in the past years. I mean, the whole receiving core is kind of hit or miss Casey's defense is really keeping him in games. I mean, how, what do you think about the Casey offense? Do you, do you automatically plug and play or are there players you think eh, might look around for someone different? So first things first, I think the chargers can't make the mistake that Oakland made by uh, congregating on the logo at midfield for the Chiefs. I'm sure that really kind of lit a fire under them. They just looked like a different team last week. Um, you know, obviously they got the capability to be a high-powered offense, but they just looked very motivated, and that was a really dumb thing for Oakland to do before that game. But this game will be played uh, on the road for Kansas City, so uh, can't screw up there. I still would play these guys, you know, um, uh, the Tyreek Hills, the Mahomes, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, et cetera. I would play those guys. I, I don't think you can mess around with that. And uh, there's too much potential for them to really drop in one of those explosive games where you get like 40 or 50 points out of nowhere. And it really changes the dynamic of your week. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. The 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 one thing I say about Kansas City, Kansas City offensive players is their ceiling is still <laughs> – a crazy ceiling is such their floor has dropped a little bit more than yeah. it typically has in the past. So again, we'll see what happens there, but you're at, I play them. I, I chargers. You may want to pivot and just get a backup. If you're an Austin Eckler owner, I think he got a little banged up at that game. He's kind of day to day. So I think if, um, if you're an Eckler owner out there, listeners pivot, pick up someone it might be a good idea, but chargers players, you play them too. Um, they're, this is a phenomenal offense. I think Keen Allen was on, the COVID list last week. I think he's off the COVID list this week. So you start, you start him with confidence uh, that yeah. brings down the other receivers a little bit, but again, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's lining up to be a shootout. But then when we say that Kansas city's defense will come to play and it'll be a, you know, a 14, 17 game or something like that. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but jumping down, kind of, a, I'm gonna skip the Saturday games. I'm not uh, just because. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the Raiders real quick. Um, the only person on the Raiders that I will play is Hunter Renfro. If you have Hunter yep. Renfro, put him in there. Um, I think you were the lucky manager that has him on the team that our league, yep. and he has just been like lights out since Waller has been out, and I, I think he has been the only bright spot in that offense, even when they score what nine points last week and the guy is just a target machine. So you plug and yeah, play you, that guy. Yeah. Just speaking of floors, uh, he's got a really high one and uh, I don't think he's going to offer too much explosion, but you just, you know what you get out of him every week, just super, super dependable. And, uh, you know, I love watching that guy at Clemson. He destroyed Bama in the title game and um, he's just picked, picked up where he left off in college and uh, he's excelling in the NFL. And, uh, and I'm really happy to have them on my team this year. Yeah, Cleveland, they're, they're playing in Cleveland this week. I mean, I think um, Kareem Hunt went down with ankle injury. He had just gotten back, so you may want to pivot there. If, um, if he can't come back, if he's on your team, yeah, this, that basically those the only people I ever play from Cleveland. I don't touch the receivers. I don't touch their quarterback. But the running backs are pretty safe that they're going to have you know, 14, 16 touches a game. So maybe small, you know, small thing, small thing. Uh, I picked up their defense uh, just minutes before the games on Sunday. Cause I noticed both of mine were out and uh, you know, miles Garrett went ham uh, on a Sunday and uh, their defense actually provided a, a big lift uh, to my team. Um, and they've been playing a lot better over the last three to four weeks too. So something to consider if you're in a little bit of a bind, you know, they're available in most leagues. So it's something to consider. Yeah, that defense, that front four gets good press it, pressure just with those four guys rushing. So, yeah, yeah you got you to put them in there. Um, jumping down to the game, that's kind of fantasy relevant here. Let's talk about the let's talk about the Cowboys and Giants. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with these these Cowboys, GH. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a big I'm a big believer. I, I, have, I have Dak, Dak shares. I have CD Lamb shares. I had, I had to bench. Schultz this past week because he just mm. I, I feel like he was doing terrible, which he did. He got point eight points. Mm. Um, it, it's and they're, but they're winning. They're nine and four. They're lead in the East. What do you do there? I mean, do you pivot from Dak next week um, at, at the Giants? I mean, because he's just really he's been QB mid teens, upper twenties the past few weeks, and really just <laughs> I would say has single handedly sunk my my team. Luckily, I'm still third rank but if i had to put a different quarterback in there this we could be talking to something totally different do you pivot from dak do you start him next week i definitely do not pivot away from him <laughs> he threw for almost 40 times this last game and you know when you're getting that kind of volume out of your quarterback you know more often than not things are going to go your way last week you know didn't look great and uh threw a couple of picks versus one touchdown and you know didn't provide a bunch of points but i don't think you can look at that uh in that small of a window, even when you expand it to the past couple of weeks, I think Dak's uh, one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. You got to play him just like Kansas City. You know, there's too much potential there for explosion. And uh, yeah, I'd be playing. I'd be playing Zeke. I'd be playing C.D. Lamb. Uh, I'd even uh, be playing Gallup and Cooper. Um, I think there's a ton of potential on that team. And yeah, it didn't look great last week or maybe last couple of weeks, but uh, I, I still play them moving forward. Yeah, I'm one of those, I'm one of those managers, GH. That's like, I, I'm with you. I, I think Dak's phenomenal. I, I, I pivot from him, and like I'm the guy. Like I know the week that I pivot from him is the week he's gonna go off. So I, I just yeah. can't do it. I, I can't do it. The floor is too high. I, I mean, this, um, and the Giants. Yeah, they're a pretty easy opponent. Their defense is not that great. 
they're, they're at the Giants really aren't playing for anything. There's really nobody <laughs> on the Giants side of the ball that I would start confidently besides Saquon um, in in um, any kind of fantasy yeah. matchup. So I think I think yeah. anybody, I think the Cowboys good a good play. <laughs> Speaking of um, <laughs> bad bad teams, the two and eleven Texans are yeah. visiting the two and eleven. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, you know, I almost have an automatic rule. Whoever's playing Jacksonville, you know, you got to play all the offensive players you can on the other side of the field. But I also have an equivalent rule that anybody that's playing Houston, you got to play whoever's playing on the other side of them. And it definitely creates a strange paradox this weekend with them matching up against each other. I have no clue what to do there. Uh, you almost kind of want to watch just for the train wreck. Yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> the thing about it is, you know, the Texans have been, you know, obviously all the stuff with Deshaun Watson this year. They've had running back issues, wide receiver issues. The 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 Texans, I can see how terrible they are. Like I I I can see why they're that yeah. bad. Yeah. You know. You know. On the Jacksonville side of the ball, you know, you have James Robinson, you have <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you have these great players that really, for all intents and purposes, have been pretty healthy most of the year. Um, and that team is just just terrible. You know. I yeah. Just, I, I I don't I don't see. Um, Meyer lasting past the final game of this season. I think that final game is going to end, and and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be looking for a college job after the season. So completely agree. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, think about it. He's had success in college ranks. There, you know, there, there, are, there are definitely um, coaches who are better suited for college than for the pros. Uh, you know, your Nick Sabins, your your Jim Harbaugh's, things like that nature. But it there it's it just isn't meshing there. And I, I feel bad for the players involved because I I, James Robinson, phenomenal running back last year, great guy to play. Uh, you know, they, they just, he just hasn't been produced very good results on a consistent basis this year, and it's just there's a lot of dysfunction in that in that locker room right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't play anybody in Jacksonville. I actually think they're favorites. They're actually favorites to win. I'm actually for for our listeners who don't know, I'm actually um, in the most wonderful city in the world, Las Vegas, for work this week, and they. Um, the the Jaguars actually favored to win this game, but I don't think they are. I think the Texans actually are, are a little bit better coach. They got a little bit better team together, and I think they actually they probably win that game. So I actually, with your with your rules about starting Texans or Jaguars, I actually think you should start some Texans players this game. Yep, completely agree. Let's run down here. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bills. <laughs> the Bills are playing. Um, the Carolinas coming into town. Carolinas almost as dysfunctional as Jacksonville, but maybe just not to that that degree. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, I, the the Bills have been very hot and cold. I mean, obviously you start Josh Allen, you got Josh Allen, you start him. Um, are there any um, Bills, other Bills players that you would start confidently, other than Diggs or Allen in this matchup? Gh, um, probably Beasley. You know, it all depends on who's who's on your roster, you know. But I think Beasley, I would. Uh, this last game, he got nine receptions for 64 yards. That's a pretty pretty good floor, you know, when a guy's getting targeted uh, as much as he is. And um, But, no, not much beyond that. Yeah, the, I think Emmanuel Sanders went down with an injury. I think he's probably going to be out next game. I think Beasley's a great play. That, that target volume will probably be – funneled his way as well as a little bit more going to digs. Yeah. Um, So, 
yeah, I, I, th- I think um, pivoting some Bills receivers might be a good idea if you're struggling for some receivers this week. Panthers, I, I probably wouldn't start anybody on the Panther side of the ball. Maybe maybe Shuba yeah. Hubbard, if I mean, if you have him on your team, I mean, he's just for his volume. But the Bills' defense <laughs> against the run is pretty decent. So, yeah. I mean, I probably – wouldn't start him, but we'll see what happens. But going down, you know, zipping through these games, trying to help our fantasy listeners. Ah, the Falcons and the 49ers. Mm. Uh, so um, these are two high-powered, I would say medium to high-powered offenses going against each other with very little defense involved. So I actually think this is actually a, a possible shootout scenario. What do you think, GH? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think this game's going to be played at San Francisco. And, you know, if you look at San Francisco's home record, it's pretty abysmal. They're, they're a much better road team than they are um, at home. So that's something just to consider. Uh, but Jimmy G, same thing as Dak, you know, he's slinging it around a bunch. Uh, last game, he threw it over 40 times as well. Um, and their receiving core is actually really strong this year. Debo didn't have the, the best game last week, but he's still, he's still somebody you got to start. I think Brandon Ayuk should get consideration every week as well. And then Kittle, man, Kittle, he killed it. I, I think it was two weeks, two weeks ago, I think he got like 50 points or something. And last week, I, I don't know what he got, but it was a ton of points as well. But he's getting he's getting targeted, you know, upwards of 15 or 16 times a game. I think last time he had 13 receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so so the volume's there, and he's clearly a safety valve for uh, Jimmy G. So somebody, somebody got to look at. Yeah, and, and I'll eat my words. I think a few weeks ago I faded Kittle. I thought, I thought man, he's in his 30s. He's yeah. slower. He's not catching much. I faded him um, on this podcast, so I'll definitely own up to that. He has come to play. I, I'd be, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he is um, tight end um, top two or three off the board next year if he continues to play the way he's playing. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I see that guy just – dominate the game like you're right that the receivers there um and, and the other side of the ball this this, this guy's so interesting <laughs> to me he's a, he's on my team in the, our league and i know a lot of people love him out there in fantasy world um mm-hmm. Cord- Cordero patterson yeah and he he's just he, he, he wide receiver running back um eligible just an electric player to watch i mean you think about the atlanta falcons is they have like all the right tools. They have him. They have um, Matt Ryan, who I think is definitely a phenomenal quarterback. They 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 have um, Pitts, who I think it's phenomenal tight yeah. end. I mean, you, yeah. w- you watch this guy play; he's <laughs> great. But I just don't. They, they, they don't have the they don't have the code to get this team off the ground. You know, I don't know what it is. I mean, other than Cordell, Cordell Patterson just showing some kind of magic juice at 31 years of age and, and scoring all these touchdowns, like they just can't seem to pull it together. And I just don't know what the combination is for that team so yeah i agree uh fantasy perspective uh nothing beyond patterson and pitts uh, those are the only two guys i would consider yes yeah, it's, it's, it's funny I, I heard a question on another podcast like so next 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 year let's talk let's talk i mean briefly about these two guys on the falcons where where do you draft kyle pitts next year gh as far as a tight end what number do you think he would go off the board um, I'd probably pick him up in the second round. The, 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 I, I would look higher for him if he had a better quarterback, uh, an offensive line combination, but that's just not there, unfortunately. So you have to factor that in, but he's, uh, in my mind, he's already one of the best tight ends in the league and, uh, you know, only be, he'll only be in the second year next year, but, um, you know, I'm a huge, huge Kyle Pitts fan. Uh, I just, you know, I have concerns about the uh, quarterback offensive line combo. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I'm. A, I've always been a big Matt Ryan fan. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback, but I think he's definitely on the back nine of his of his career. And that offense line is abysmal. It's. I, I heard. I heard someone like asked, like, "What are you gonna do with Cordero Patterson next year?" I'm all. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that Atlanta is gonna draft a decent running back. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But I mean, I just love that guy. I mean, he's like, yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a big believer in like the the Rudy comeback story of the year, you know, and I just think that guy has just been phenomenal for that team, but uh, you know, he's just, I, I don't see him doing too much after this year. We'll see. I might eat my words, um, but I, I'm definitely not drafting him very high next year, but uh, he's been on my team for this league that we're in and I, and I love him for it. And I, I hope for the next three weeks, he does great. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, moving down, let's talk about the, um, these these Bengals, these Bengals um, GH that you love that are on yeah. all of your all of your roster. They're <laughs> visiting the Broncos um, this week, and <laughs> I, I I I was watching that game um, this past weekend. And, and for those of you who don't know, GH and I played each other the final game of the regular fantasy season, and I was like, oh man the Bengals are doing abysmal. Like, like like the third quarter, I think each Joey Burrow had like nine points and Mixon had like five points. And yeah. I was like, well, these, there's no way that um, he's going to catch me this week. And granted um, our, our, our the, the outcome of our, of our game didn't have much per se, as far as, you know, fantasy playoff value but it was more of just him me my best friend and i gh going against each other <laughs> more more of like a, you know oh well, you know good luck but you know i hope i beat you kind of mentality yeah. you know yeah. and, and and uh i was watching that game and man they, they came to play those last five minutes so i, I the Bengals offense is, is another one that's very like up and down they're seven and six and visiting the broncos seven and six how do you feel about them Man, you know, I love, 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 love the Bengals. And uh, I think they're a team of the future. You know, this uh, probably won't be their year uh, again in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I think moving forward, they got all the pieces there. And I think that's something that will round into form. I think you got to start uh, all those guys uh, that, that you had mentioned uh, every single week, including this one. Joe Burrow, definitely he's going to be the class of, of the league at, at his position moving forward. Joe Mixon. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, those are all guys that you have to play no matter what every single week. And uh, I wasn't terribly concerned about their low output uh, last week just because the game was close, you know. And I know they were going to keep slinging that ball around. And uh, especially, you know, as things kind of got down to it and then they go to overtime and, you know, Burrow, he probably threw, what did he throw, 34 times last game, 348 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. it was kind of the opposite of the week prior. I uh, can't remember who, but they were killing somebody by like 30 or 40 points real early. And then uh, almost all three of those guys that I had on my team were on pace to uh, put in a 50-point game. But they, they just they performed too well. And so they took a foot off the break, and then they just kind of ran it right up the middle every single time and uh, and just you know were grinding out the clock. So those are guys you got to plug and play. Uh, just, just set it and forget it. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Bengals. Yeah, they're actually the Denver's actually favored by three and a half right now. They're playing in Mile High, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Denver is a team that I don't really. I mean, I, I think the Bengals are are a better rounded team. They're a better coached team. Um, the Broncos they run the ball pretty well. They got that double headed monster um, yeah. running back. But other than that, I mean, I don't think the Broncos. I mean, don't. Don't get me wrong. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sure, is a fine human being, but I don't think that he is anything special to write home 
back at quarterback and the receivers I've, I've, I've been big on the receivers and Jerry Judy came back from that injury mm-hmm. and I was like and, and um, I want to say Mayday picked him up on her team and I was like oh man I really want to pick him up off the waiver wire because someone dropped him because we went on IR and the guy has had zero touchdowns I think since he's been back and mm-hmm. less than like 60 or 70 yards a game I mean just just not sustainable mm-hmm. that whole offense um, other than the running backs I would stay away from but I don't know how do you, how do you feel about the Broncos offense? Do you would you start any of those receivers? Or you, you're just, um, you stand, I'm you staying away. I'm I'm super skeptical. Uh, I think they're riding that big win they had over the Cowboys a few weeks back, maybe a month ago, and um, you know I, I think they're paper tigers, and uh, you know not a fan, and uh, nobody I'm terribly enamored with on their team for a fantasy perspective. Yes, yeah, it's, it's even though they're favored to win, I think the Bengals going to go there and just trounce them it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal so but moving on the the Packers are going to Baltimore so this is gonna be an interesting matchup because the Packers are now the number one overall seed in the NFC hmm. Ravens I Ravens I still think are actually the one of number one seed in the AFC but they may not have Jackson L- Lamar yeah yeah so I mean if you're a Lamar owner who do you pivot to for quarterback um GH um, I don't know. I guess it, you know, all depends on who's available. Who's available? Who's available yeah. in the league? But I, you know, uh, with Lamar being out, you know, I, I think that the bigger bigger question is what about all the role players on their team, and uh, you know, can you trust all of those guys? I I, I definitely would not uh, pick up the backup uh, Huntley. You know, oh, I don't terrible. Have, yeah, don't don't have a lot of faith in him. Their running backs, you know, they do a lot of running back by committee. I don't have a ton of faith there, and especially with no Lamar. You know, they're going to be zeroing in on skill players a lot more. And, you know, I don't think that's going to bode well. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, definitely play uh, Mark Andrews uh, just because, you know, he's probably going to be a safety valve for whatever quarterback is back there, Huntley or whoever. And uh, But beyond him, you know, receiver-wise, no. Running back, no. Uh, just Andrews. Yeah, it's – I mean, I mean, Bateman might be interesting play this week just because of the lack of <laughs> – Andrews, he if, if you're in a deep league where you need some receiver help, he may be a good idea. I mean, I just think the Packers, the Packers are going to go there and just trounce him. If you have any Packers players, play them. So they, any Packers offensive player, I would, I would, I would play with confidence. Yeah, both at running backs, if you have them, play them. I just think that Baltimore, if they don't have Jackson, there's going to be a lot of like. Um, smoke and mirrors, trickery out of John Harbaugh, and I just don't think it's going to work out for him. So yeah, I agree. Another game that's interesting um, is Seahawks versus the Rams. So the Rams um, just came off a huge win this week um, against Arizona um, on Monday Night Football. And (laughs) to um, small side point, I was actually, as I just said, I'm in in Vegas and I put a pretty big bet on the over for that game. The over under for the Rams Cardinals <laughs> was fifty one points. And they were at, it was it was it was fifty points. It was thirty to twenty with like thirty seconds left. And I was like, oh come on, you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody do something and they luckily kick a field goal right at the end. And even the announcer, I think Romo was on the call, he's like, boy, a lot of a lot of people out there want this guy to make this field goal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, like how good how good is vegas man picking that you know uh i mean they just never cease to amaze me it's it, you know it, it think about it was like i the the the, 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 the we'll, we'll talk about this for a second the cardinals had like numerous red zone opportunities on that game yeah. interception 
stuffed on the line, stuffed yep. the fourth down. You know, I, I mean, I was like, you know, it should it should have been well past that over. And I don't know how 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 these odds pickers do that. You know, mm-hmm. oh, they're probably going to turn it over a couple of times in the red zone. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Real, real, real quick note: uh, you took a mea culpa earlier. I'm, I'm going to do one myself. Uh, week after week one, maybe. Um, I can't, I called out our owner of uh, Cooper Cup, and I, yep. I recommended that he uh, trade high or sell high and uh, trade him while he can. And uh, I was definitely wrong there. And I uh, just want to throw that out there. I could not have been more wrong. Cooper Cup has looked amazing all year and a uh, ton of volume. He's a very, very talented wide receiver, and he's got a good thing going with Stafford. Oh man, and I'm gonna give one more one more shout out to that Cooper Cup owner in our in our league. And this, this I'll tell the the the, the scenario to our listeners. So um, I have I had I have Christian McCaffrey on my bench, and the the Cooper Cup owner in our league had Derrick Henry on his team, and Derrick Henry went down, you know, over week seven, and he like he approached me. Um, McCaffrey was about to come off IR. Um, he he did pretty good. He came off IR. He had like a three, two or three thirty-four games before he went. I, um, the owner in our league with Cooper Cup offered me a trade, Cooper Cup for Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. And at the time, I was like, well, Christian McCaffrey just coming off IR. He's had a couple of decent games. Yeah, I just got it at that point in, in, in time. And now, in retrospect, it would have probably been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Easy, easy, easy hindsight. Yes, Monday morning quarterbacks, but uh, many events. Yeah, so the, the Rams and Seahawks are playing. Um, I, number one, I, I got to give a shout out to this guy because I've loved him since college. He just had a had a horrible, horrible time. His rookie season got injured, got injured his sophomore season. Um, mm-hmm. He had, he had a phenomenal game. Just came out to yeah. play. P- Pete Carroll says he is going to be the starter. Yeah, and um, I in a lot of leagues, I, I was I was actually that right before the game started. I saw that he was available in our league, and I was like, I didn't play him. If I would have played him, it would have been much better. But I threw him on my bench. I was like, you know, this I I, I love watching this guy. I think he played San Diego State. When I watched him play, and he was just phenomenal. And I loved watching him. I'm gonna put him on my my bench. He might he might do well. And I start hopefully these last two weeks of the the fantasy football playoffs and bring me the trophy. So number one, anybody who has any kind of fab budget at all in their leagues and Rashad Penny is available. Yeah. Seattle is a run team. Seattle is a run first team. Russell Wilson is playing better when they are a run run first team. And he is miles and miles better than Collins or oh, DJ yeah. Dallas or whoever else is running back yeah. back there. Um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, this is the thing. He's playing for a contract. He, and he's, if he stays healthy these last three weeks, I definitely putting up, you know, RB one numbers considering that's the office that he's in, you know? Yeah. I agree. You're, yeah, and he just so. I I, I had I. Uh, sorry, real, real quick. I had, I had Alex Collins, uh, you know, for the second half of the year, and uh, that was a big bust. He just he never offered up anything at all. But yeah, I agree with you on Penny, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it, it's funny about the receivers there in Seattle. You know, going into it was always um, wide receiver one, Metcalf, wide receiver two. Lock it, and it's definitely flip flop mid season. I think you still start, you still have to start Metcalf with confidence. But it's 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 kind of interesting, you know. I I always kind of take these last few weeks of the of the season 
into my draft next year. I'm always thinking about my draft and thinking about things next year. I don't know if I draft Metcalf ahead of Lockett next year. I'm not sure that I do. What do you, what do you think? Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a tough call. You know, we got to assume that Russell Wilson's uh, finger issues are all going to be completely resolved. Uh, so quarterback's not going to be in play. Uh, you know, I, me personally, I'd probably go with Metcalf. I think he's just a more durable guy, I would say. But it's close either way. Lockett explodes uh, here and there. So I don't think you can completely discount him either. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm always forward thinking into the draft. Let's go into the Monday night game. Let's talk about this last game before we go into four questions. And this guy always makes for fun prime time football. Kirk Cousins is visiting Chicago. Um, the Bears, they play the Bears Monday night. And Thielen, uh, I'm pretty sure he's still going to be out this game. So available out there in y'all's leagues. Snatch him up. The guy had a phenomenal game this past yeah. week. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you have you have you have Cook on your team, and I think Madison yep. is out on the COVID list anyway. So Madison was mm-hmm. was siphoning you know about eight or nine carries from Cook every game. So I think mm-hmm. Cooks going to have a phenomenal game. You would start him anyway. He's mm-hmm. going to have even a more phenomenal game now that Madison's out. So, but yeah. it, it, I always love watching Kirk Cousins. He gets a really bad rap. I think he's yeah. he, he's a good quarterback. You know, yeah. look at, if you look at his numbers, you know, he's, I think, TD interception. I want to say he's like 20 and 5 or 19 mm-hmm. and 4 for the year. I mean, solid numbers, good completion percentage. Yeah, their, their team just finds a way to lose games. They almost lost the last one they played. Yeah, so. <laughs> that was a crazy game. They were all big on Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh came storming back. I was I was really hoping for that overtime catch. It was so phenomenal if he had got that. So such yeah. a beautiful ball through my Ben Roethlisberger. But and it's a, that's to say that the Vikings are just they still get great fantasy value. I think the Bears. I think Justin Fields is. I think Justin Fields to uh, if you're a if you're a Jackson owner. Um, I think those are great quarterbacks to pivot to, possibly if they're available in your yeah. leagues. I think yeah. I think think they'll be good because I'm trying to think of quarterbacks that are available in a lot of leagues. Like like you you can't say oh Jackson sir I guess I'll pivot to Rogers or Brady. You know so yeah. you have to think of quarterbacks that are widely available. Um, got to consider got to consider Taysom Hill. Um, I think Taysom he might Hill. Be, yeah, I think yeah. I think he, I think he might be able to produce just like Fields does. You know, Fields last game uh, he had nine rushes for. 74 yards you know he's he's putting up like running back numbers and in addition to that you get some of the passing you know he he, he threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns last game you know so get, combine that with the running you know you got something there and Taysom again they they use him uh from a volume standpoint with rushing that football and uh he's super durable too so you know I don't have a lot of fear about him getting injured and um just something to consider you know if you're in a bind yeah, Taysom Hill. Like, I'll, he had two rushing touchdowns and almost 100 yards rushing. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great floor for that guy. I mean, because he'll always get his rushing numbers. So, you'll yeah. never have anything terrible out of Taysom Hill. He may blow up. So, great call there, Jay. Great call. But, um, so like, we can discuss more games, but we only have a 40 minute podcast here, my friend. <laughs> so, it is without further ado that I bring us to what people here to listen to our four questions mm. segment. 
welcome. So as I as I prefaced earlier, listeners, this is the one segment this year where we had a listener request, and I was like, sure. I asked GH. He said yes. So I am going to be the listener answerer, and GH is going to be the host of four questions. So my esteemed co-host, the floor is yours. Okay, I'm going to begin with a quote. And this is by Ken Jennings from Jeopardy. He said, we did not choose trivia. Trivia chose us. And on that note, the final answer that Ken Jennings got that he missed that ended his streak was most of this firm's 70,000 seasonal white collar employees work only four months a year. And again, please answer in the form of a question. Most of this firm's seasonal white-collar workers work four months a year. Yes, this firm has 70,000 seasonal white-collar employees, and they only work four months a year. Wow. Uh, And he missed, Ken Jennings missed this, but I have faith in you. That's a tough one. Seasonal workers, white-collar. I am going to guess something that really is only open four months a year. I'll go with uh, I don't know. <laughs> Euro Disney or Disney World or Disneyland. Some kind of theme park. <laughs> I'm, no, pretty, I'm sure I'm wrong. It's a H&R Block. H&R Block. Oh, tax season. Yeah. Ken, Ken Jennings <laughs> actually answered uh, FedEx. And oh. uh, his opponent uh, got it correct uh, and guessed um, H&R Block. So. Tough one, GH. That's not easy. Go to the next one. It was missed by probably the greatest uh, trivia uh, contestant on uh, Jeopardy of all time. But, again, I had a lot of faith in you. But don't worry. Don't worry, we're just getting started. I appreciate your faith. I, I, I am humbled that you would think I would get a question to Ken Jennings on this. But yes, continue. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Who is the shortest U.S. president? And I have a bonus for you. If you miss this one, you can redeem yourself. Still get a point by answering a second question, okay? The shortest U.S. president. Wow. Um... Okay, I'm going through all these guys in my head thinking how tall they were. Wow. Uh, I want to say it was someone recent. I am going to go with George um, W. Bush. Uh, that is incorrect. Darn. The answer was James Madison, who was five foot four. Uh, George W. Bush, I believe he was six feet tall. Oh, um, big, big guy. Tallest president. Uh, do you know the tallest president? I'm assuming it's Abraham Lincoln. That's that's correct. And he was okay. a foot he was a foot taller than Madison at six foot four. The bonus question I was going to ask you, uh, if you missed this, which I'm now going to ask, is which president comes last alphabetically by last name? Wow, by last name. Washington? Good guess. 
incorrect. It is Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. Oh, very close. <laughs> uh, Washington is the second to last. Okay, but don't worry. The questions are going to get easier, okay? <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me that. Go, go. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to switch over to 1980s uh, movie trivia, which I know you okay. love. So two actors played siblings in a 1986 film set in Chicago that starred a 1961 red Ferrari. After the filming of the movie, these two actors got engaged in real life, but never married. What are the names of the two actors? The two actors were siblings in the movie? Yeah, they, they played siblings in a 1986 film set in Chicago that starred a 1961 red Ferrari. Okay. After the filming of the movie, the two actors got engaged in real life, but they never married. So who are the two, who are the two actors? Well, I'm I'm assuming it's Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey. Um, that 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 is exactly correct. <laughs> I didn't know they were ever engaged. Really? Yeah, I did. I didn't know that either. Um, they they ended up absconding later to Ireland, and while they were in a car, uh, Broderick went over into the wrong lane and ended up killing. Um, some other people in another car and then their relationship dissolved a short time after that and they never married. Wow, I didn't even know that story. I mean, I, I, the movie's obviously Ferris Bueller's Day Off um, be, but yeah, that I've never heard that story before. I gotta look that up. Wow. Yeah, it, and uh, just for the record too, if you would have answered uh, Ferris Bueller's parents who are played by Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward uh, I would have given you credit, but they got engaged after the movie and they got married. They obviously weren't siblings. They were husband and wife, but they got engaged after the movie and then ended up getting married. Oh, interesting. Didn't know that either. Thank you for this Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies, but I definitely didn't know that about Jennifer Grey and Matthew Broderick. So sorry to hear yeah. about the tragedy about that car, Rick, but it's interesting that they were engaged. So cool. To, to, to add a little bit more uh, intrigue, uh, just real quick, I'm sure you're already tired of this question, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Broderick's uh, love interest in the film, her name, I think the actress's name was... Uh, Mia Sarah. Yes, thank you very much. She actually had a big crush on uh, Ferris Bueller, or excuse me, Matthew Broderick, uh, but uh, he rejected her um, continuously, and um, the reason was is because he was uh, secretly dating uh, Jennifer Grey, and yeah. she, never, she never knew that until uh, many years down the road. Well, I want to say in that when they were filming, I think I think Jennifer Grey and Matthew Broderick, even though they were playing high schoolers, they were like in their early twenties. I want to say Mia Sarah was actually seventeen or eighteen. She was real young, and yeah. when she was filming that movie. So I bet yeah. you that played a little bit into it too. So oh, yeah, okay, cool. M Molly Ringwald actually wanted that spot, uh, but John Hughes thought it was beneath her, uh, so he ended up giving it to Mia Sarah instead. And interestingly also between Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey they all, they only share a few scenes in the movie uh, you kind of think the brother and sister they got many scenes together but I think they're they're together a little bit at the beginning of the movie and a little bit at the end of the movie when he hops back into bed yeah. um, but they had a hard time filming the end of the movie because uh, Jennifer Grey was so love smitten that she would just giggle all the time during the scenes and they could never <laughs> actually shoot a scene because she couldn't keep a straight face anytime she was around Broderick Funny thing about that movie. Now we're now now now, now we're talking about '80s movies, and I'm excited. Um, the um, his best friend Cameron Fry, who is who is yeah. portrayed by Alan Ruck, phenomenal actor, great role. Um, speaking of the of the rap of the Brat Pack from the '80s, do you know that Alan Ruck was not the first choice for that role either? No. Who was it? 
Emilio Estevez. Oh, really? That's he pa- he passed. He they actually offered to him, and he passed on it. So uh, Alan Ruck just did a great job with it. So interesting. It's it's interesting to think about maybe Emilio Estevez and Molly Ringwald in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting, right? <laughs> um, right. Okay, uh, doing well, friend. Uh, we got one point here, and the potential to add another one on our final question. Okay. What is the tallest building in Chicago? Are you trying to trick me here? Is it the Sears nope. Tower? Uh, it is. It, I'm going to give you credit. Uh, it's actually the Willis Tower, um, but it, it's been renamed. But yes, the Sears Tower, and then uh, now it's called the Willis Tower. Okay. So stands at 1,451 feet. Uh, it's actually the third tallest building in the United States behind One World Trade Center in New York City. And then the recently built Central Park Tower. Uh, so Willis Tower is now third. Yeah, it used to be first for a long time. I don't yeah. know why. So, so okay, cool. Two for four. I'll take five hundred. Yes, excellent. <laughs> you did. You did really good and uh, good sport with a couple of difficult questions, and you you rounded into form well. Thank you. Yes, I'll have to I'll have to brush up on my missed Ken Jennings questions next time we do this. <laughs> I think there's only one. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, 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 fun and exciting four questions, my friend. And I enjoyed it. I hope our listener who asked, I hope she appreciates that. Yes, I could take it. And I went two for four. So even if I went against the people in our league here, I'm still not the worst. So it's not too bad. I think the, I think we had one guy that went four and four and one, a couple went three and four, a couple of two and four. I think we actually had, had an own four person. So I'm in, I'm in the meat of the curve. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And you got some difficult questions. Okay. Well, well, cool. Um, so rounding out our, um, podcast here, our, our final podcast of the, of the season here, my co-host, what's something that you are looking forward to as far as just fantasy football in general or our league specifically for next season? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the draft. I, yeah. uh, locked in a couple of, uh, first and second round picks for next year um so hopefully i'll be able to kind of front load my team and uh you know i just kind of want to rebound from uh you know a disappointing performance this year and uh i'm looking forward to the playoffs this year though what i want to see who comes out on top i think it should be pretty interesting we got a bunch of really good teams and uh i think the i I said this uh, a few weeks back but the the top teams in our league uh, yourself and maybe two or three others really, really hogged a lot of the wins. And I think those elite teams are really going to be the ones left standing at the end. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Well, I hope your prediction is true. I never, I don't like to count my tickets before they're hatched. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm happy with the way my team is rounding out the season here. And I'm, I'm going in third and playing the sixth guy. I uh, like my matchups this week against his, but you never know what's going to happen. One of the things I'm actually looking forward to next season, and I guess I should, I should preface this, this is to our league that's listening right now. I'm working on the rules for next season. I will get the rules out to you. I mean, there are going to be a couple of changes um, to them, but one of the, one of the fun changes that I liked, and we actually talked about this GH. I want to say if it's just you and me, I don't know if I brought up on the podcast, but <laughs> real world items in trades <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm actually looking forward to that rule change so i'm actually going to put it in um i'm, I'm gonna have a lot of buy rules with that you know like people can't just give anything or do this or give cash or yeah. give gift card it's, it's gonna make it fun it's got to be a certain thing it's got to have a very low monetary value it's got to be cleared with the league first those kind of things um but i just think it's a fun little <laughs> um addition to our league next year we'll see what the guys think of it but <laughs> I, I i love leagues 
if you're listening and you're in a league that's kind of boring, toss some fun rules into it. GH last year tossed in a rule about field goal kickers winning the last kick of the kick of the game, and we can get bonus points for that. Um, and with the, we, we toss in draft picks. We, we're tossing in real world items. So I think a league gets more fun with the not necessarily the complexity of the rules, just with mm-hmm. the overall just uh, intriguing rules, rules that are just a little bit different, you know, and, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. So if you're in a league that's kind of stagnant, you know, feel free to reach out. But we've, we have a, a lot of fun rules. And our league is always evolving. We will be going into our fourth season well, next year of our league. Yeah, our senior season here. And I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. But, yeah, we still have a lot of football to play left in this season. And we'll just see who comes out on top. I'm looking forward to it, man. It was fun this year. Yeah, so for all of my listeners and all of our guests this year, for our wonderful sponsors, and most importantly to my wonderful co-host, this is the final the final episode of the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football League Podcast. Good luck in the playoffs, and we'll see you next season. This is Spicy Gumbo signing off. <laughs>